0: Everyone and welcome back to Gals Getting Rich. I'm your host, Vata, and I'm here with your host, Maeve. And today we're going to talk about our income streams and kind of how we organize our money. To kick it off, Maeve, you want to go through what your favorite streams of income are?
1: Yeah, so I really like money systems. I really like the idea and the concept of simplifying your system of money, how money comes in and goes out of your life. But I have three streams of income. I'll really say it's kind of like (laughs) 1.75 streams of income. So the first one is just my normal paycheck from my W2 job. I work like nine to five. So that's like predictable. That's my main income. And then my other two streams of income are Poshmark. I sell something on there every now and then. It's not consistent because I don't share my listings enough to really like you know, be pumping out cash from there, but sometimes I get money from there, and then my other one is Meowtel, which is my side hustle, and I probably, I don't make that much money, nothing to live off of, but yeah, that's my other streaming income.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of with you there, so mine are main it's mainly my paycheck, I would say is my biggest form. I invest in a lot of dividend stocks and equities so I think I get a pretty consistent amount of dividends a month that being said I just reinvest those it's not really necessarily spending money but I know it is helping me increase my income and then the last one is like secondhand selling or Poshmark so I consign at least once a quarter uh try to consign my clothes and then whatever I can't sell I just donate but I've really been going through this phase of trying to be a little bit more minimalistic when it comes to fashion so I have been pretty good so far. I mean, we're almost through January, knock on wood, but I haven't bought clothes. And like my goal is to at least try to not buy clothes and try to make the most of what I have.
1: It's so hard. But we talk about how hard it is to not buy clothes and how hard it is to donate them or sell them.
0: It's hard. Because sometimes if I have a trip or something coming up or, like, an event, I'm like, ooh, I want to look cute for it. But lately, I think, luckily, things have been slow, so I'm just trying to be a little bit more mindful. And, like, if I do purchase something, make sure it's something I can wear long-term or
1: uh-huh. see if
0: I can borrow stuff from people too.
1: Yeah, do a
0: little bit of closet sharing. I think that's the biggest yeah. thing. Like, I, I mean, I spend a lot of money on, like, random, like, skincare stuff because I freak out about my skin a lot but at the same time I know like all I need to do is work out and drink water and make sure I'm eating properly and hopefully things will clear up but yeah clothes is like a big thing for me but again in terms of income it's pretty basic I'm still working on growing and I think about side hustles all the time it's just I haven't found something that sticks and I think we talked about this last time like you don't want to force yourself or like pressure yourself into doing it because then it won't be fun and then it'll honestly increase your potential to burn out but that being said i am trying to be one of those girlies with seven streams of income at some point but that's why we're gals getting rich because we're not rich yet but we'll get there (laughs)
1: we're getting there yeah i've seen so many like youtube videos of like my 11 streams of income and it's by an influencer and all 11 streams of income have to do with being an influencer have you Mm. seen those i have seen those yeah Oh my gosh. I mean it sounds so cool. Like they have eleven streams of income, but then it's like their Amazon partner. So every time someone buys something with their link from Amazon, they get money or they get ad signs from YouTube and it's like okay. Which I've thought a lot about but I, I don't know.
0: Being an influencer is a lot of work, even though it seems appealing, it is a lot of work. So props to them. In terms of like pre-tax deductions, I personally have my 401k and I also take a portion of my income out to take pre-tax money to use on the subway that being said I am guilty of not fully setting that up so right now the subways in New York it's really easy you can just like tap your your phone or your credit card and get in Um, but this gives you a debit card which you can't tap and pay so I actually it's on my to-do list is like actually go and rather than like refilling a metro card which i'm kind of bad about i am gonna go and get a card from cvs it's like the omni card which is the service that allows you to tap and pay in new york city i'm gonna go there load my uh, load up my omni card with the balance on my pre-tax money and make sure i'm using that because it's like okay well i took this money out it's just sitting there you can only really use it for travel that being said i have used it but when the balance runs low on like the on the metro card, sometimes I'm in a rush or the subway's coming, so then I don't immediately have time to like go to the machine and refill my uh, metro card.
1: Oh, I forgot about that pre-tax deduction. I like that. For my pre-tax deductions, I have four hundred one k, my traditional four hundred one k, and I have my HSA, which is pre-tax money, and I also your health insurance. Vision insurance, dental insurance is also pre-tax, so I pay for those pre- uh, with my pre-tax dollars, and that's all my pre-tax deductions.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to be on my own health insurance uh, soon this year. I, I'm gonna get kicked off of my parents' insurance, so right now I've been riding the wave there. But I'm excited because I know that at least through my employer, that the offerings for the health insurance are really, really nice and. There's this thing called Gym Pass, which I actually talked about in a previous episode that I'm, like, dying to get on because it seems, like, way... Just the fact that you can go to a class every day versus, like, Class Pass, I I just always feel so limited by my number of credits. But it's just, like, money systems. Like, okay, how can I, like, create a healthier life with what I have or, like, really stretch things to the biggest ability that they can be stretched? And so that's the interesting thing with, like, a lot of these corporate benefits, especially.
1: Yeah. So... This is all automatically coming out of our paychecks, but do you have any post tax deductions?
0: In terms of post tax deductions, I do have, I am taking part in my employee share purchase program, which is really awesome because it takes a percentage of my income post tax and automatically basically will invest it and give me a percentage of a discount on the, ta- on the stock itself. Which is awesome. You get dividends through that as well. And it's almost like an automatic, whatever percentage they're giving you, gain. So, highly recommend partaking in your companies if you're not, because ultimately it is kind of free money. You do have to kind of consider capital gains taxes in terms of like selling it within a day or a year of getting it, like the the buy date. But if you keep it for a year, then it's a long term capital gain. And you're definitely increasing your wealth quite a bit. Like I think I like it because it's money I kind of forget I even have. And then when I see that ESPP hit the two times a year it does, then it's like, hey,
1: that's money I forgot I even had. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I also have ESPP. some of my post tax deductions, which is really fine. I also contribute to my Roth 401k. So I like, I don't know why I'm like, Committed to just traditional 401k, but the idea of a Roth 401k has not stopped looking really appealing to me. So, whatever percentage I need to max out my 401k for the whole year, let's say I have to contribute like 30%, then I will do 29% to my traditional 401k and 1% to my Roth. I just do 1% always to my Roth, and it's not a lot, but it makes me feel like I'm still getting a slice of that pie. I'm not missing out, but I listened to Money with Katie and she's kind of convinced me that traditional is probably the best for me, especially if I intend to retire early. So yeah, I have that. And then I also do an after-tax contribution to my 401k. That's not Roth 401k contribution, that's after tax contribution, which is super confusing. That's a separate contribution that is not counted towards the 401k limit for the year. And that's how you contribute to Mega Backdoor. Roth IRA. You do like an after tax contribution. So, yeah, I do that. And that's a good chunk of my money. (laughs) I feel like I'm bleeding money after my post tax deductions. But, yeah. So, Vatsa, I guess we can both answer this. Do we get any extra like money through our employer or are there any perks that we get? Yeah.
0: So, for me, I kind of mentioned I'm not on the health insurance yet. So, I know you get a bunch of perks on the health insurance, but. I definitely get my 401k match and I try to match it to the full amount every month. Actually, I don't think there's ever been a time that I didn't not match, do the max I could possibly could to get the match because the first year you had to wait. Like there there was like a vesting oh. period and like some
1: companies do that. Yeah, yeah, we had a vesting period. It's kind of painful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we love that. You're such a good finance girl like maxing that out. Our employer also contributes to our HSA. So I get a chunk of money towards my HSA, which does count towards the overall HSA contribution limit. And then through the health insurance we have, we get like this app where if we like, we connect our Apple Watch to it, and it tracks our steps. And if we're really healthy and working out and doing these like things, then we get gift cards every year. I wouldn't say it's like income because I actually mostly use the gift cards to get cat food for my cat or like cat litter it's how I like cash flow my cat and actually fully covers all my cat expenses so tofu is a free cat okay so now that we've done kind of the automatic withdrawals from our paycheck we're left with our net pay and this is where it gets interesting I feel like we had to do what we we're doing before <laughs> just to explain everything where else our money goes before we touch any money yeah and one thing I will say is like so these are automatic
0: from our employer, but I, and Maeve, I know you do this too, uh, I pretty much automate everything. Like everything just automatically just happens, which is the best
1: part. Yeah, and I think this is where most people do these deductions that we were talking about, but as soon as you get your net pay, this is where it's interesting what like systems people implement it, especially if they live with a partner. So do you want to kind of tell us where the rest of your money goes? Yeah, so definitely rent automatically gets taken out
0: the first of every month and then I will say you know aside from that I have money that automatically goes into my I have a banking account checking account with Charles Schwab and then I have a high yield savings account with Discover and automatically the paycheck will get divided between my checking and my savings and then from my checking my credit card automatically gets deducted and then in my savings that's like literally my emergency fund or like my basically, like, money fund of, like, okay, this money that I'm not going to invest, I'm not going to touch, I'm just going to, like, let that be there. That being said, I do have a car payment despite living in New York City. Um, I have a car in Ohio that I'm working on paying off, and, like, automatically money will come make whatever payment. So, that comes out, my rent, my credit card bill, automatically, it just happens. I don't have to remember to pay it. And then each time I get a paycheck, it kind of pads my emergency fund, which is helping me grow that lumped into that high yield is also like any future expenses like if I decide to buy a house or something then ideally like I can take that money and like use it for a down payment in the future so in my mind I have the numbers separated of how much is emergency savings and how much is for other stuff and then I also have several robo accounts so I have one with Wealthfront I have a robo Roth IRA and then I have a robo just like general investing account through Schwab and I kind of like let that do its thing but like as I feel comfortable I'll put you know x amount of money into these accounts on top of what's already automatically going in and like the minimum number I have isn't a lot it's a very small amount but then if I see that I'm like a little bit more comfortable and have a little bit more money then like you know I kind of take some time once a month and try to add add money into those
1: that's really interesting so I try to run as thin as possible when it comes to my paychecks so I try to have my net pay being only what I budget it, any extra money I try to put towards my mega backdoor Roth IRA, cause I haven't maxed it out yet. So I change my after-tax contributions a lot, depending on my forecasted budget for the month. Like if I'm going on a trip, I might have to contribute less, but if I'm doing nothing but stay at home, I'll contribute more. So let's just start there. I try to run as slim as possible and only get the money I am going to spend in my net pay. I used to have it that 50% of my paycheck went to my emergency savings. And I did that when I was building up my emergency fund. But once I got it fully funded, I turned it off. Now all my money goes to a checking account. From there is where it kind of gets interesting. I try to keep my checking account, I try to only have like $20 in there ever because I want all my money invested. I don't want like any anything in there. I have money automatically pulled out for my Roth IRA, my backdoor Roth IRA every month. And because I'm doing backdoor Roth IRA, it's actually not like an automatic process. So what I did was in my bank account, I opened up another savings account that automatically withdraws every month. um, And it funds like my backdoor Roth in a separate account. So then I can just do like one big execution of it. So that's one automated process. Right now I'm padding my emergency fund, so I have an automatic withdrawal every month to kind of put extra money in my emergency fund. That's coming on my checking account. And every week, $10 is withdrawn from my checking account into an Acorns account where I'm saving up for when I need a new car. It's my new car fund. $10 a week is not enough for a new car. In case you're wondering, this is just like me getting like a little head start and I don't notice $10 a week. And then I actually do everything else manual. So, one key difference between me and Vatsa is I love my boyfriend and she does not. Because of that, the way I do groceries and I pay my bills is a little bit different than Vatsa, I would say. So, with my first paycheck of the month, I will pay off all my credit cards, anything that I spent. But with my second paycheck, I will pay rent and the corporate card. So, I split rent and utilities and internet Fifty-fifty, my boyfriend, and then we have the corporate card, which it's not a corporate card, it's a credit card that I had, and I made him an authorized user, and we put all of our together expenses on there, like groceries, whenever we eat out together, if we get coffee, if we're on a road trip, we need gas, like it all goes in that card, and we split the bill once a month. So my first paycheck is all me, it's all me, and then my second paycheck, I'm splitting all my expenses. And it just helps me because I know, like, okay, that's a paycheck where I'm doing things manually because I have to Venmo request my boyfriend. I know other couples automatically contribute, have an automatic contribution to a separate checking account where they both contribute and they pay all their bills from there. You do you, honey. I don't, I don't know. Like, I think it varies from person to person, but for us, doing our little corporate card is really nice. And... I have my internet on autopay, but not my rent, because sometimes my building will mess up my rent, and I don't want on autopay because I catch them charging me the wrong rate. So I don't have any credit card on autopay because I like manually doing it and having to go through my statement. If I have on autopay, I know I will not look at my statements. So yeah.
0: (laughs) That's so crazy how they
1: mess up. I know. It was pretty rude. And I went to them and I was like, can you take off the late fee? Because the only reason why it's late is because I don't have the right rate. Yeah. So I think a lot of people like things to be super hands off. They don't even touch it. Um, I think about that as like the, the people who invest in real estate and hire property managers to just like take care of everything. Like they're never contacted. They only get sent checks once a month. Good for them. But I feel like I need to do things manually to satiate the desire to understand my finances, I don't want to feel like I don't know what's going on. I kind of like being hands-on. Yeah, totally. And I'm also, you know how a lot of people use Mint in like personal capital, Mm -hmm. like budgeting or net worth tracking? I have tried those apps and I'm still just like Google Sheets girly. I like doing everything like by hand. I think it's just really personal finance is personal. How people do things is so personal. It's like, yeah totally totally agree my takeaway are there any money systems you want to implement that you haven't I
0: really like what I'm doing now which is I just like automate everything and don't really think
1: about it too much and
0: just try to check like every week kind of what's going on just so I'm not having anxiety about it Uh um I know like socks I bought way forever ago are super down and like I think that's one thing it's like oh these things that I haven't necessarily automated Deciding like, oh, do I dollar cost average or do I just like give up on it? I think that's like one big question that I'm still
1: pondering. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to say, and this is relevant to you as well. I also have a sinking fund, which is just another savings account attached to my normal bank account. That if I'm saving up for something, I'll put money in there as just like a holding place. You were just saying like saving up for something like that's when you haven't like automated. I haven't automated either, but like. That's fun to have a separate account for saving up for something.
0: Totally, totally. I think for me, it's like what are the big things like vacations? I feel like are budgeted for within like my fun budget, and then if I end up having like a wedding or like wanting to buy a house, then it's like okay, I have these like things where it's like my ESPP, for example, that I mentioned earlier. That's definitely something that is money that's being invested to buy something big or, or fun, spend on something fun not necessarily like for retirement, because I have my retirement funds for that with my IRA and my 401k. Yeah. And I think I could definitely just like for peace of mind, like I'll go through and like calculate, okay, so like, what's my net worth? And I'm like, cool, like, okay, it's not a bad number, which no number is bad. But like, for me, I'm like, okay, like, I'm seeing it continuously get bigger. And that's the goal. So
1: yeah, my net worth was like, going down for a little bit during 2022. But whose wasn't, you know, Totally. I think it'd be fun, maybe, like, not for the podcast,
0: but just, like, as, like, friends, almost, like, all of us just, like, pull up, like, all of our accounts, and then we all kind of, like, help, like, be like, hey, like, you could actually, like, do this, or you could do that, and yeah. and figure out something. I think that would be, like, really fun.
1: That would be. I was actually talking to one of our mutual friends last night, and he's working on paying off credit card debt, and We're both just so excited about it because whenever he knocks off one credit card, it's like, oh my god, it's like so exciting. I know.
0: I'm like, I love that for you.
1: Yeah. It's like interesting also seeing how people's money systems are kind of congruent to their money goals. So like, if you're paying off debt, obviously that's, you're going to have every credit card on auto pay for the minimum payment. And then sending all your extra money towards one card, you know. It's But, like, for us, knock on wood, we're lucky to not be in credit card debt or even student loan debt. So we're not too concerned about paying those off. We just have money systems for, like, okay, I'm budgeting for this trip. What do I need to do in order to afford it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and also, like, we don't own homes. If I had my own house, I would definitely have another emergency fund just for the house, Because I feel like I hear too many horror stories of, like, people's, like, air conditioner going out and furnace going out in the same week, you know?
0: Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's something our friend, the Money Monkey on Instagram, talks about a lot. Like, the three to six month emergency fund is going to vary depending on, like, your risk tolerance. And um, she talked about, like, if you own a home, you should probably do six months instead of three months. If you have a pet or any dependents, you probably want six months fun, not three months. If your job is stable, you're probably fine with three months. But if you're, like, a freelancer, you might want six months. Like, stuff like that, like, everyone is so different, even depending on their job, their situation, how many kids they have. You know what I mean?
0: 100%. Yeah. Totally um,
1: agree. I'm kind of rambling, but do you want to hop into money moves?
0: I know. I was literally just thinking. I was like, what is my money move? I haven't really done anything. Oh actually I have done something my money move is related to this so I for 2023 reset my automatic monthly contribution to my Roth IRA to make sure that I can max it out and Mm. so I set I mean right now I think what the max this year is I think I set it to be about 6,000 a year but I think the max this year is higher right it's 6,500 yeah Ooh, yeah. So I think like randomly one month I'm just gonna throw an extra five hundred, but for now I have five hundred dollars automatically going into that. So that fine. was my money move.
1: Super fine. My money move. So money moves, I feel like we kind of make the definition a little bit ambiguous because anything that like brings you happiness is really money move. One that I did was we kind of talked about it last episode in our like things we're still learning. I'm really bad about, I'm pretty cheap. I would say I'm frugal in some ways, but then I can just be straight up like cheap in others. And I just hate paying more money than I feel like I need to. So to the money move, I wanted to learn how to snowboard. And there's like this place 45 minutes away from me that has like skiing, snowboarding. It's like a ski resort, I guess. And they have lessons. And I at first was like, maybe I should just go and I'll rent and I'll rent a snowboard and I'll just like teach myself, watch a YouTube video. But they also offer lessons and I think it was like $40 a person. And oh, I was just, not like, bad. I know it's not bad, but I was like, why would I pay $40 and I can learn how to <laughs> snowboard from YouTube? <laughs> and, oh my gosh. and I didn't, I paid for the lesson and it was $40 for a group lesson, but then it ended up just being me and my boyfriend. So it was like, a private lesson for the price of a group lesson and usually private lessons are an hour and group lessons are two hours so we basically got a two-hour private lesson which is twice as long and it was fantastic it was a hundred percent worth of money getting a lesson was a really good investment to just learn how to safely and properly snowboard so you don't get injured so that was kind of my money move i did not cheap out and we had a great time, and we actually signed up for another lesson. So. Oh, I'm so proud of you. I know. I know. Thank you. I was just kind of tired of, like, not participating in winter sports, you know? Yeah, I have yet to go skiing this year, but... Dude, there's um, a place in New York that has, like, a, a ski hill. Have you seen it? No. It's, like, indoors. It. Oh, my God. I need to send it to you. It's so funny. It's, like, a warehouse that they made, like, a ski hill out of. It's hilarious. I feel like
0: in New York, you can do literally everything.
1: I know. In New York, they get you. <laughs> like, they have, like, <laughs> random stuff everywhere. Yeah, that was my money move. Amazing. Okay, well, I think that closes us out. So, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Talk to you next week. Bye.